0: Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my.
1: Let's get, how does he do it? Let's get ready to rumble.
0: That's how good. That? That's, your, that's your favorite celebrity voice. Let's get ready to rumble. That Let's guy buffer. made a film on like a Let's separate. Get ready to you know his his his, his, oh. his brother. So you have Michael Buffer. You have Bruce Buffer, who is the voice of the UFC. He has his own tagline. It's it's time. That's what he says before they uh, before they start off a pay per view. Is it's time and trust me, it's merch. I've seen it's time hats, and he wears some crazy outfits. Look it up online. Bruce Buffer's that's, tuxedo.
1: He's in, that's yeah. my patriotism. That's why I love America. If you have a desire and a dream, you could go get it. Luke and Nation, we're back with the weekly Q&A with Cage. Coffee with Cage. That's hey, it. Jump into any of these amazing questions. And I'm going to start with a question from Ian's Card Coloring. Oh, my uh, God. Ian's
0: what, Card Coloring. I wonder who that could be.
1: Uh, Ian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's his question? Can I stay up late tonight? What kind of question you is? The goat of baseball, he said. Who do I think is the goat of baseball? Wow. I'm going to get stumped by, uh, by my son here. Um, it, that's a great question it's really a great question and you know what it goes to the heart of the goat discussion right because it, the goat really they should G should be for generational not greatest because I think really that goat question gets, gets narrowed down into the, the greatest of that generation because the, the, the style of play the game itself has it changes over generations right um, so people today can make an argument that my trout might eventually end up being the goat people before me were all on Mickey Mantle, 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 all Mantle, Mantle. Um, You know, when I played, I loved Griffey, but Griffey had a great peak and um, never, uh, never completely panned out. He moved over to Cincinnati. And his numbers kind of, you know, curtailed, they kind of fell off a little bit. He wasn't healthy. Um, That is a great question. I think I would have to go with Mickey Mantle just based on overall, you know, overall goat, numbers right you know the home runs that he hit the championships that he won you know team accomplishments personal accomplishments um you know and it's a shame because he did not last as long as he probably could have lasted in the league because of injuries so that's that's where i'm going if we're taking if we're taking by the way if we're taking steroids out of the equation if we're just going to look at overall stats and flatten out the line we're taking performance enhancements out of the equation you can make an argument that barry bonds was the greatest ball player to ever play because he kind of are you, the Fauci right now? Are you flattening the curve I'm, I'm flattening the curve yes i'm flattening the curve um but yeah i mean if you if you, if you did that yeah i mean bonds there was i've watched a lot of baseball in five different decades and um i've never seen anybody like bonds where basically I, i'm telling you it was a world series game right where, where, where the opposing manager walked him with the bases loaded and a two-run lead and put him on base (laughs) basically put the tying runner on third and it worked out for them, but that was the kind of feared hitter he was. So, um, you know, he assaulted the record books and a lot of people put, you know, as many asterisks as you can find next to his records. But, um, yeah, bonds, you could say he was, he was, he was, that's the best I ever saw, uh, you know, actually step up to the plate and play baseball.
1: Guys, Uh, and I'm going to keep getting into these. We're so grateful that you guys send these questions and and it doesn't just have to be questions. It could be questions, statements, topics, things things that you want us to cover that you think are in the culture, in zeitgeist, in sports that are uh, relevant to today. So this is a good one. Dan note that. that, I hope I pronounced that right. The DMN takeover, our friend. Uh, Yes. I love this question. If you had to start from zero again in the hobby, What would be your first move? Wow. If I had
0: to start from zero, like I was coming in never buying cards ever. This is Believe it or not, this will probably be the easiest question that I get all day um, because I'm going to answer it with a real cop out. If I was starting over from scratch, the first thing that I would do, my first move was the question. It would be to put my wallet in a drawer and lock it and not spend a dollar on anything until I did at least... 50 hours of research. That would be my first move. My And this is, like I said, it's a cop-out, but it really is my message to everybody out there. Don't just jump into this, especially with the hobby the way it is now. There is there is way too much stuff out there for you to get spread so thin, right? Whether it's by sport, by player, uh, by type of card, you know, whether or not you're going to be buying raw, buying grading, what, what grading company. I mean, there is just so much stuff out there that, you can really get stretched way too thin, way too soon, and burn yourself out on the hobby. So the, the first answer to that one is do your research. And that same answer should apply to people who are in the hobby for a decade or 20 years, like myself. Before I dive into something,
1: and I dive in heavy, <laughs> yeah. but when I dive into something... Alonzo, you, I think you bought like 77 of them in a 12-hour period. I did. I did. I bought in
0: one 12 hour period. I bought 77 people on ZO PSA ten rookie cards, um, and that was like half of what I had at the peak. So, but yes, yeah, so but I do research on it. I, 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 and and there was so much free data out there for everybody, right? eBay completed listings is the greatest thing in the world. And and 2020, look, we can all shit on 2020. But one great thing that 2020 brought for us is an explosion in this hobby, an explosion of great data, content, podcasts, websites. We've had some of the greatest folks on here ourselves, you know, from, from Card Ladder to PWCC to, to, you know, the Twitter guys that we had who are or, or in groups to shot. Adam Lesko. Exactly. Any, any of these guys. I mean, there are, there are, you know, Card Ladder. Um, wow. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, slack stacking slabs. Like, Jeremy I can is getting Jeremy,
1: I mean, I think he rightfully deserves. He's been with Pokemon for like 15, yeah. 16 years, probably longer. I, I mean, listen, the, the, I'm leaving people out and I
0: apologize for that. But basically, the wealth of knowledge that's out there, you know, to give you free access to card data um, is, I mean, really is an amazing amount of stuff. You really have no excuse. Other than to do, do, do don't. So you do diligence,
1: you got to go out there and you got to do your research and you got to figure it out and Dan, then and has a part two but I, I want to <coughs> oh it's coffee with cage but I just want to lay yeah. out AG here uh, I love this book uh, I think it was living with the monks or how to live like a monk um, by Jesse Itzler. I think it's living with the monks and there's just one point in time where you know everyone every monk has uh, has duty has duty around the kitchen stay with me and Jesse's. I'm dude- with you I'm with you to watch uh, to, was to wash all of the dishes there was like 500 dishes to wash and he was like god he was like saying i'm gonna be here all night like w- w- what's going on and the monk gave him this reply he said you're not washing 500 dishes you're washing the dish that's in front of you so why do i say that if i was starting back from the hobby i would focus on my first win my first win that's all what card what player do you think is going to be a winner and go to research and go to work on that one. And I believe in the power of momentum. And I think if you're always focusing on the next one, you're going to get the result that you're looking for. I love it. Before you get to the second part, just cause I give a cop out
0: answer. I love the when I love the dish analogy. My son is just dying laughing cause he said the word duty like 11 times. But besides that, um, the easy the easy answer to this is on top of due diligence, it's sports, it's sports cards, right? Watch games you said this we had rips on who said this about Giannis. there are so much footage out there you could watch Giannis. you know if you want to buy one of these guys who's in the draft now this it's difficult to find footage on them but if you are going to buy into the lamello ball because he's going to be drafted in the top three this week coming up you can find game footage of him go yeah, on youtube and watch his stuff you know you yeah so, so i mean lithuania Lithuania, yeah. I mean, you gotta watch his games, you know. And it's not just him; it's everyone, you know. Watch baseball, watch the sport, you know. And and do it today. The way we consume this stuff, especially the NBA, I mean, you can watch, you know, somebody's whole season in a fifteen-minute highlight video. There's such great content out there, you know. So so. Um, you know, and I got a lot of comments out there, you know, a couple weeks ago, I talked about how my love for Devonte Graham, and then you guys should go watch some of your some of the film on him. And I got so many people saying, wow, you know, he really had a good season. I was able to watch, you know, his whole season in a 20 minute YouTube highlight clip. It really is that easy. So yeah, watch the games, know what you're buying, you wouldn't be buying stock in something if you didn't know the company and research it through and through treat this stuff the same
1: way. I think the feeling is when you're entering a hobby or you're entering something like this, more than likely, one of your friends who's made some big plays or made some money is telling you about the hobby. So it's easy to come in and get big eyes. You know, you want to, you want it all. And you get in this pattern of chasing your tail. And, and I think it's really important to put those blinders on and focus on getting yourself a W. Dan asks a part two of this question from a flipping mindset. Does it, does it change your answer at all? You're on mute,
0: King Lawyer. So from a flipping mindset, the only thing that I would change from my answer is you have to focus your research on how you're going to flip, right? I mean, there are people out there who make a killing in arbitrage between eBay and Amazon, right? So you have to find what works for you in the hobby. And I will tell you from a flipping mindset, it's, it's most likely um, finding something that you can buy raw and grade cheap and sell. Find a way to do it from a flipping perspective, right? Find your thing. Find what works for you. And try to find something that not everybody's jumped on yet. That's a real fun one, right? Don't, don't ride the bandwagon. Um, somebody told me this, this morning, um, you know, I got a message from, uh, from someone on, on Instagram. And they said, hey, you know, I'm thinking about moving my LeBron uh, 2003 rookie BGS 9.5. What do you think? And I said, I would move it now. And he said, "Why?" And I said, "Because LeBron stuff has kind of gone down a little bit." And he said, "Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think the LeBron is not? I mean, he just won a championship. He just won his fourth championship. Like he had a great season. He carried that team. You know, why? Why do you think it would make it go down?" And I said, "Because everybody had the exact same idea you had." I I mean, it's it's almost like tough love. I felt bad, you know, typing it. I said, "You know, every single person in the hobby said." Let's buy LeBron now because when he wins the championship, I'll sell the card. It wasn't, let's buy the card because when LeBron wins the championship, that's going to make me want to hold the card even longer and be a long-term investor of LeBron so that the card would go up. It was, I'm going to buy this so that when he wins the championship, I'm going to sell it. Well, guess what? That means there's more supply out there than demand. And If everybody has the same idea of buy it so that I can sell – that everyone's going to be rushing to sell and you're not going to make any money. So you got to find something that's not that. Don't, don't ride with the, with the herd on these things, you know, from a flipping perspective um, you know, a lot of people had a great idea earlier on this year of buying the first optic and selling that, you know, grade that and flip it. I don't, I didn't get it myself, but you know, there was a lot of money to be had there. That was somebody's idea. Uh, you know, people out there are always with ideas of his, his, his first, his first card in the Laker Jersey, LeBron. And, 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 and it, it, it took off for a little while. You, know, you got to find your own one of those, right? So that's it. Do a
1: little research and figure it out. Go ahead. Uh, two things. I, dude, I was one of those people that bought the LeBron. You know that. Uh, and I love that. I love that part of capitalism and competition. When you're wrong, you're just wrong. And it's kind of fun. It's kind of exciting. I bought the LeBron Chrome at its high. And I'm actually auctioning it off right now. And I'll tell you why. Uh, It's not a card I'm passionate about. It's not a card I love. I, I was in it because I wanted to make a gamble on LeBron winning the title. And I was under the impression that the title would cause an increase in price. I was wrong. And it's a card that I don't love. I don't love LeBron and I never have. And I don't like the card. So very good point. Very good stuff. And just to add to that, and I'll keep going. The flipping thing, I'm a big quick flip, flip fan. Like, if, you, if you're buying your first card, I would already buy it with the idea to five-day it or 20-day it, at least get it back pretty quickly. Because while it's being graded, you could also start buying 45-day cards. Uh, yeah. that's, <laughs> because it's really important to get that first cash flow back in. Uh, this is a great question by Drake Sports PC. Actually, I'm going to come back to this. I'm going to come back to this because we're on some topic. You want to save it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. On. worth selling my expensive laker lebron card before the season starts or should we wait tough because we don't know the card or the market but you want to well, 30- listen
0: this so so a question like that
1: no matter which one it is right if you have a lakers lebron
0: card expensive um, LeBron, it has been- expensive, expensive okay. right? i mean it was an rpa whatever it really just that depends on you right and this is just i'll answer this question you know if it's anything right you, we got basketball season starting right and it's it's you have an expensive Lakers LeBron card, should you sell it now or should you hold on to it for the season? You have the expensive Giannis card, should you sell it now or hold on for the season? Expensive Luca, you should you sell it now, or hold on for the season. It's the same, same, same answer gonna be for it depends on what you want to do with it, right? I can tell you that there is an entire sector of people in this hobby, and one of the things we talked about, right, is find what works for you from a flipping perspective. There's an entire sector of people in this hobby who rely on this data that year over year if you buy in the off season or you buy at the end of the season and hold and sell right before the next season starts, you will ride a wave of your buying low and selling high. It happened. We've talked about it ourselves on this, on this podcast. A month ago, I was offered five tray PSA 10 rookie cards at $400 each. And I passed on them because they were available on eBay for 385. Well now they're close to 600 bucks again, right? They're five and change. So there are there's a whole segment of people out there who they don't care right now whether Trey is going to do well this year or not. They're going to sell his cards now because they bought them a month or two ago for fifty percent or or thirty percent less than what uh, than what they're selling for now. And they those people they they run the risk of losing out on some profit if Trey goes out there in the first month and is averaging forty points and ten assists per game, could they have sold that card for eight hundred dollars? Sure. But you know that's the risk there. Is- by the way, just, but- just, That's not risk. By the way, no. But I'm telling you the risk. The risk. But but the flip side to the risk is, they're taking the risk out of it because just as easily as as Trey is could drop forty and ten for a month, he could also hurt his ankle in the first week. I hope he doesn't because I got a lot of his cards. He'd also hurt his ankle in the first week, and um, and then the card goes down. And then it's 350, like what they paid for it a month ago. So what they're doing is they're actually taking some of the risk out of the hobby. You know, they're, they're, let's say they're cutting their risk. Right. You know, if you don't want to be, so it's, I have the same answer for you with a LeBron. All right. If you want to take some money off the table, it also depends where you bought it. If you bought it at that expensive LeBron higher than where it is now, don't sell, don't sell at a loss. Buying high and selling low is never a good recipe for anything in life. I've done it myself a couple of times and it never really works out well. Uh, buying well and selling and, and selling high is the we way we're supposed to be doing it. Right. So, you know, if you can make profit on the card and you don't love it and you want to take the risk out of the equation that LeBron either gets injured this year, that he starts to tail off, that his team is not going to play well, um, that the, well, the worry, go down on value. And or that yeah. Yeah. or it's just going to go down, even though he won a championship. If you want to take that money off the table and end your risk now and cash out, go right ahead. Especially if, if, if you think there's going to be um, the ability for you to deploy that capital elsewhere, and that's something Andrew talks about with me and something I'm learning from him. Um, He calls it dead money. Um, You know, there's nothing wrong with a LeBron card, but if you think right now, that Fernando Tatis's cards have come down too much because everybody's looking the other direction and nobody's looking at baseball. And you want to sell your LeBron card for $10,000 and deploy that into very inexpensive Fernando Tatis PSA 10s that you can sell in three months before the baseball season starts for double? Well, then guess what? That's a better way of deploying that $10,000 than having it sit in a LeBron card that might not go up and might actually go down. So it's, it's another thing. There's many layers of that of that question. It really depends on what you want to do with it, right? You want to hold that card and have it forever? Then don't sell it. Um, you know, you want to take that money off the table and deploy it somewhere else in the hobby or pay your bills with it or whatever, then please, by all means, sell it, especially if you're selling it at a profit.
1: Take a listen to or take a read in uh, to Ray Dalio's book called Principles. He talks about having investment criteria up front when buying and selling. So you know exactly... If it hits this price, I buy. I sell. If I hits this price, I sell. you know
0: who must love that. Uh, our, our friend Bro Namath, who you know a lot of you guys know, uh, we had on as a guest, and um, you know he's a great he's a great follow. Also, if you don't follow him, check out his page. Very helpful guy in the hobby. Uh, he still owes me some 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 education on Dragon Ball Z. Just one of those few things and cards that I never got into, and I'd love to learn a little bit about. But um, but he said the same thing on our episode, and he he you know I, I say to him, hey, should I sell this card? And he's like, yeah, how much, what's the multiple? How much have you made on it? If you sold it now, it's five times. He's like, yeah, that you have to do that in the beginning. If you, you say, I'm putting hundred bucks in this card and when it goes to 300, I'm selling it. Then you can't at 300 turn around and say, I think it's going to go to five. You know, like you, you set a goal and do it. I need to get better at that myself.
1: It, it's frankly just a skill. Like it, when you say it, it's, it's just a adding a thing to your rapid fire. Anyway, PSA 10 grader. Opinions on a PSA 8 market for Luca." People will be priced out of anything PSA 9? That's a really interesting question. So it depends on the card, right? It really does depend on the card, right?
0: Um, and it, it, the, the, the person's it. name is PSA Grader. That's the PSA that's the 10, 10 Grader. I like it. So I'm, if I'm... thinking about PSA 8s. If I'm being as honest as I can about this, I don't see a huge market for PSA 8s for anyone, especially somebody like Luca. I think that really PSA... You know this is it's a, it's a genius thing because it's creating a scarcity where, they, where otherwise cards are not scarce. And what I've noticed is that there is a premium put on raw cards for PSA nines and obviously for PSA tens, but the PSA nines have started to slightly go up from raw. And it depends on the card, too. Sometimes you buy a PSA nine for the same price as raw. In some ridiculous situations, I've seen PSA nine sell for less than Raw's because people would rather buy the Raw and have the gamble on the shot that it might be a PSA ten. Very rarely do I see a PSA eight that sells for more than a Raw card. Right? Which could that change? Maybe. I doubt it. Um, I've I know a whole segment of people that when they get PSA eights, they crack them out and sell them as Raw, which is you know, which is you know, interesting thing of, of doing. But basically, what that's telling you is that. You know, you're you're better off. You're going to get more money for your card as a raw card than slab as a PSA eight. Um, you know, with that as the backdrop, I don't think there's really ever going to be a market for PSA eights. I think instead, what people will do if they're priced out of a PSA ten or a nine for a Luca Prism, is they're going to look for a PSA ten of a Luca Optic. And if they get priced out of a PSA ten for Luka Optic, they'll go to PSA nine for Luca Optic. Get priced out of that, they're going to look for other other cards of Luca like Hoops or Revolution, or, you know, some of the other brands in that 10, um, rather than looking for a PSA 8 of a card. That's just my, you know,
1: my take. PSA 8 Lucas are going for a 250 to a 350. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure the ball card is right around 650. So, so just buy the 8 and you crack it out would be the play in, in my opinion. I, listen,
0: I've thought about that as a, like
1: an arbitrage play, but I just can't bring myself to do it. I don't want to do
0: that to people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't want to be buying eights, cracking them out and telling people, hey, it's a raw card that I pulled out of a pack because it's just, first of all, it's, it's a fraud. Second of all, it's just not my speed um, because I know why people are buying raw cards. They're buying raw cards in the hope that they're getting tens and at worst nines. And I don't want to sell it raw. I already know it was an eight, even though a card that's an eight, you send it in and grade it again. It may very well get a nine. <laughs> so, you know, we have seen it ourselves. We both have fives that if we regrade, are going to get nines and tens
1: so it, it's blurry it's fuzzy karma is real i'll leave it like that drake's cards what the drake sports pc sorry what three to five cards no matter the grade should all collectors have in their collection wow cards so to speak wow wow i can't do them i to do a mount rushmore by sport but the
0: mount rushmore cards for me if you, you're gonna do like one by sport right so so I mean, I like the Michael Jordan rookie from 86 Fleer, although some of our younger
1: folks would say, you know, right behind him. I'm not going to go original on this, huh? You're going to go right down the middle.
0: No, well, I mean, my Mount Rushmore sports cards, that's 100% it. You know, baseball's your mantle, and you got your 86 Fleer, and you got your uh, your, your, your Gretzky rookie card for hockey, and – you know football football is where it might actually get a little interesting i I probably go with joe montana rookie card for for football but you know you tell me you want to walter payton in there or you tell me you want to go you know even even back further and throw you know uh, um you know uh, jim brown in there that that's fine too um if you want to go modern mount rushmore what card should any collector have in there you know Here, I'm going to take it a different way. He didn't say Mount Rushmore, and that brings its own thing. So what card should any collector have in their collection at any grade, right? If you're in collecting now, there are cards that I think signify that you are a serious collector, okay? And one of those, I think, is the Mike Trout update rookie card, okay? I think if you're a baseball collector, that is the card in some form that people will say, you know, that's the card to have. Um, You know, if you can afford it, go for a Bowman Auto, oh, great it's fine but that Mike Trout update rookie is still attainable especially in you know eight and nine grade um raw you name it you want know, to get nuts the diamond or the gold are, are amazing cards that's more of a modern uh, baseball card um if you're asking me about and we can drop it down here for our listeners you ask me about a card that I think everyone should own that is attainable for collectors today um you guys have heard me talk about this before, but um, but I got one for you, and I still think it's undervalued. And I will, I will, I'll put the SEC warning on this already. It is a card that I own more of than any human being should own, <laughs> but I'm gonna buy more. And if it stays in the price range that it's at, and I, you know, I, I I still anticipate this going up. It bucks the trend because it's a pitcher, but I am a huge fan of the 1992 Bowman Mariano Rivera rookie. It's one of those 20 cards that was in the. Uh, in the Project 2020, it's the only unanimous baseball Hall of Famer ever. Um, and it's still attainable because it's a card that is still in the five or $600 range. Um, I can tell you guys that I have bought so many of these cards myself. Um, that is a huge card for, you know, for people who, who know anything about baseball for the last 20 years. Like I said, the only unanimous Hall of Famer. I think that that's a steal for where it is. I think the Barry Sanders 89 score falls into that same exact category um you know i think that that is underpriced i think everybody who collects cards and those who barry sanders should own that but now i'm going back to the 80s and 90s stuff uh let's see basketball um in that same vein um jordan rookie card is clearly you're talking about in the 80s Uh, you want to go into the 90s a kobe rookie card any i mean you have a million of those i could let you pick a kobe rookie card that's attainable Shaq rookies are under, undervalued if you compare their population to the ones of, like, Luca now. Um, so I gave you your your mantle and those guys. Now I'm giving you your 80s, 90s, which we'd still consider vintage. Modern, you know, I have one Luca base PSA 10, and I'm not going to sell it. I don't care if he breaks his ankle this year. I don't care what happens. I'm not going to sell it because I think that is an iconic card that is um, one of those things that it signals to me kind of the rebirth of this hobby this go-round it's on lucas back same thing i'm going to keep his eye on prism psa 10 forever because these are the guys that for the last two years have carried this hobby they're the, the shack they're the jordan they're the, the you know they're there are those guys um i hope i did a decent enough job of answering that question for you know i did a mount rushmore but like you know cards that any collector should own it's difficult,
1: oh, man. Lacked originality, so I'll, I'll say It lacked originality. Okay. The, the Luca Prism Gold or P- Luca Prism Black Gold. Number one. Number two, the Giannis logo, man. Number three. <laughs> yeah, that anyone should own. Exactly, the one
0: one of all of those. <laughs> 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 You're never gonna be I mean, that's you know
1: this, the Kobe Wallace, one of one logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Man. laughs> Number four, the Kobe Refractor, tops Chrome, no green <laughs> And then the LeBron, Kobe, Jordan. If they have a logo, man, I'm not sure between the three of them, but the three auto. There's your guys. What you should have: no baseball, no, fo- and no a, baseball, <laughs> and the Jim Brown rookie PSA ten. <laughs> a PSA ten, of course, yeah. But I don't
0: know if there are any. Um, let me throw this one out there. I love the question, but. One of the things we preach here, both Andrew and myself, um, and a lot of our guests also, is, is buy what you love. So it's tough for us to say, go what what should every person who's in the hobby have? Because what makes this awesome, what makes this you know a great hobby, what 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 will make you as a new person stay in the hobby, is you should really buy what you love, and
1: your collection should. not yeah. You didn't even bring up wrestling or Pokemon cards in those three. Yeah. De-
0: yeah I mean oh, you know, Charizard Charizard doesn't get a place on the Mount Rushmore but but the point is got a Rick um,
1: Flair, right or yeah, Rick uh, Flair
0: I mean it depends what you like right there are Pokemon people who could not care less about babe Ruth and there are baseball people who couldn't care less about Jim Brown so you know in reality everybody should have their own Mount Rushmore in their own collection so buy what you love and you know and by the same token set some goals for yourself while you're doing this. You know, one of the one of the things we also try to, to 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 talk about is building up towards something, right? And and maybe maybe the Kobe flawless one hundred one is not what you build up for, but maybe you do want to get whatever guy you like, whether it's Trey. Maybe you want to get a Trey, you know, Prism rookie out of one ninety nine. Maybe you want a blue or a red or two ninety nine, one ninety nine. Maybe you start with buying some base cards, and you trade up to a silver, and maybe you get a couple of silvers and you trade up to that color card. You know, you know, you're you're. You can change that. You know, you can have a, a Mount Rushmore goal on your, you know, of your cards as well. So again, hope we answered. We answered it 14 different ways, but. Oliver asks, favorite Kobe cards? Oh yeah, I should let you answer that. My favorite Kobe cards. Hmm. So right off the bat, I, you, you're, you're going to get tired of me of me saying this stuff. My favorite Kobe card is one that I could have and should have bought. It was on eBay for a long time um and somebody scooped it up last year if you're listening to this you're a very smart person it was for five thousand dollars but it was a jambalaya psa 10 which you know if you know anything about those cards it was uh, it was i think it's his rookie year it's 96 um jambalaya card that's those round ones that i told you about the die cut ones that are very hard to grade they're impossible in psa 10 they have an 03 uh, lebron one which is sick you know jordan has one i have one of carmelo from his rookie year in 03 in psa 10 um those cards are just really colorful and cool cards out there. Uh, one of the cooler ones out there. And, and Kobe, it's a rookie year one for him. So that's one. Um, his top's Chrome with no greening and PSA 10 is, is a card that I, I I hate to admit that I don't have in my collection. Um, and it's one that, you know, you want to talk about your Mount Rushmore, what everyone should have. I will one day own that card probably sooner than later because it's, it's a glaring hole in my collection to not have that. Um, love that, love that card. Um, if I'm picking one for any collector to buy and get in PSA nine, my co-host here has in, he, he, he's, he's put it in my brain so that it's stuck in there. The Fleer Ultra his Fleer Ultra rookie card in PSA nine. Why is it PSA nine? It's because PSA 10 is almost impossible to get. It's a very difficult card to grade, but there are a lot of PSA nines out there. So the multiple on nine to ten is like twenty to one, right? Mm-hmm. The nine becomes a a I don't want to call it inexpensive, but a very attainable card. That's a really cool card, and a nine is still a mint card of one of the greatest to ever play the games rookie card. Um, and I think if I if you know someone is asking me, hey, you know I don't have a ton of money, but I want to go out there and get a uh, want to go out there and get a, a Kobe rookie.
1: I tell you to go buy a Fleer Ultra in PSA nine. How'd I do, Kobe fan? You did amazing. I'm sending (laughs) you six PSA nines for our next sub to crack and send 45 day to see if I could get a ten. The Stargate, the Kobe X two thousand is a gorgeous card. So Kobe Stargate is a gorgeous, gorgeous card. It's um, it is. Is it an insert cage? Do you know? You know this? Don't I don't I don't know. Two thousand love that card. The Kobe started 2000. That's one. There's another one. It's the Kobe um I think it's called let me find it here. It's the Credentials. Uh, oh, that's a nice card. It's a beautiful card. It's got like this skyline in the back, of the clouds. Then there's these and these are up to you guys. There's Kobe Flare Showcase. These were Fleer cards. I think there's a row 0, a row 1 and a row 2. Yep, yep, yep. Gorgeous card. Um I love the Kobe Molten cards. You don't see them a lot, but they're really, really interesting cards. I think there's a Skybox card with like an M on it, uh-huh. decorations on them, which is gorgeous. Um, and then I-, I think any Kobe collector at this point needs to have autos. And, and this, I like exquisite uh, autos. Some people like Panini autos, um, but I love the tr- tr- three-color patch, whether that's exquisite or Panini uh, patch auto of Kobe. I think those are the ones, and then the Fleer. I, I do agree. I, I really believe that, other than the Chrome, the Fleer um, Kobe is the best card in a PSA ten. It's just such a great. There Man. you go. So I did good. You did amazing. <sighs> Matt Forty Five, you gave the play the Abreu draft picks card, right? Yep. Yes, I did. Asking, how would you suggest listing a card like that? it depends
0: right i mean those cards are available for you know when we when we recommended them they were a dollar card because no one knew who they were um i don't know whether or not they are gonna go up tremendously i will tell you i've learned a lot in the last year um of this hobby about the promotion of a sport and a team and how that impacts the collector's habits and I bet you that so many of our listeners out there don't even know that the MVP was announced this week. I mean, what is the MLB doing? You know, I have hardcore baseball fans who told me, oh, yeah, Abreu, you, you you were right on him. You know, they texted me. You were right on Abreu. And I'm like, who won the NL? And they're like, they don't announce the NL today, do they? Don't they do it every other day? And I'm like, no, no, I just looked up Freeman won. So people who were actually paying attention, so that they could tell me that Abreu one didn't even know that they also announced ENL. You know, this week they've announced the rookies of the year. They've done the manager of the year. They did uh, the the uh, the Cy Young award winner, and they did the MVPs all this week. And you know what? It is it, nobody cared. You know, and, and so I, I've learned that uh, that no thing. What's up? No one knew. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, it really is just, and I'm, I'm hoping it's because it was a short season. I'm hoping because baseball just kind of mailed it in this year. Um, you know, most collectors my age will call it baseball cards. No matter what sport the card is, they call it baseball cards. Hey, you collect baseball cards. You know, that's, that's the way it was, but, but not sports cards, baseball cards. This trend is changing, right? I mean, it definitely is. So I'm, I'm getting off on a little bit of a tangent here about baseball cards because, um, I'm I'm learning that baseball better do a better job of, of of promoting their game, figuring out a way to get those highlights and their young stars in the you know in the view of people who are spending money. Otherwise, um, that sport is going to really lose out, and the cards will suffer because of it as well, which is sad. Um, but so so the Abreu one, it depends. If you have a bunch of them, I would sell them in a lot. I would sell a lot of ten. Uh, you know, I'd put them up there. And also, if you paid a dollar, so you went to them for ten bucks. You know you put the lot of 10 up there for $50 or $60 or $70 whatever it is and you know or best offer and you see what they get now that said I would take a good look at them because these are now just modern and you can trade those for you know $10 um you know $15 depending on what kind of grading you know fee or 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 how quickly you want to get the turnaround on them um I would send a couple of them for grading because the PSA 10 on it might actually get you some real good profit um, but yeah, I mean, it really does depend how many. Uh, I wouldn't go selling one of them for a dollar or $2 or $3. You know, I, I try to get some money on it especially. But I would try to capitalize on it right now. Like I won the MVP. Uh, I'd put MVP right in the title of the listing. Make sure you got that on there. And, you know, by listing 10 of them, you're going to probably find somebody who wants to grade a couple of them. And they're going to buy your 10 and pull out the best couple, send them into PSA and make money themselves. So that would be how I would list them.
1: I love it. Or if you look over them and they look nice, put grade worthy or yeah. ps ten in the. Or don't put ps ten, just put grade worthy. Uh, Never stop is another one you could write in the description. Which Yam asks? I love Yam. Uh, he used the word confounds in this. Confounds. I love. I love good
0: questions. But before we get to his question, if you guys haven't looked yet, Yam Wax is the guy's name. Yam Wax. He put up a really awesome um, Pokemon comparison to different sports cards throughout the years. If you haven't checked that out yet, it's one of his recent posts on his page. Take a look at that. It's, it's pretty cool comparing, like, you know, Charizard to, uh, you know, a specific Charizard to, like, the
1: 1986
0: Michael Jordan and, you know, Babe Ruth Charizard. It's the top son. It's, it's just an interesting, uh, cool comparison. Nice little content. Hey, nice job, can,
1: yeah. You're confounded by confounded. Pokemon Marky Yam's page. I had to look up what confounds means. But it, it's it, it surprises. Which sports card's relatively high value confounds you the most right now? Confounds you the most.
0: So what, for, for, for those of us uh, who do not have a dictionary brain here, what, what Yam is asking is, is there a card out there that is expensive that I don't think should be that expensive? That confuses me, vexes me. Makes me think, wow, what's going on with that card? Why is that so much? You know, it's funny. During the year, I would have said anything, Michael Porter, but I think I came on here and I said Michael Porter. Um, you know, I, I couldn't believe the card values were there. So, so you know, high value. What what cards high value um, confounds me. You know, I would have told you a lot of things recently. Yeah, um, confused me, but you know, a lot of cards have 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 pulled back. To where there's no glaring, like, wow, I can't believe that that card is, is that high. Um, hmm, let's pick okay. one. I got one. Okay, good. What,
1: what surprises me the most is how, I'm going to use this word specifically, expensive, second, third, and fourth tier players are relative to stars. Okay, I like that.
0: So I'll give you a couple of answers. Number one, the price, the the most expensive thing that confounds me the most is the price that um, our market is willing to pay for retail blasters. All right. So this is, I'm going to call it a complaint, right? I got to get the white sparkle. What do you mean? Well, no. So, and it's green usually, but like, a mosaic blaster that's supposed to be available for people for 19.99 99 in Target or Walmart that you never actually get in Target or Walmart should not be something that gets broken for $75, okay? It's one of those, it's one of those things that, call it a pet peeve of mine, call it something that confounds me. If somebody's paying $75 in that box, that's the market price, and I'm not going to get on any breaker for it. If you can get that price, go ahead and get it. That's what the market is telling you to pay. Here's why it's dangerous, and it confounds me. Here's why it's dangerous, and it upsets me. It's probably the better word. There are people who are willing to buy those boxes at Target. And you know what? Maybe they're $35 or $40 you know, on the secondary market. And you know when they open it up and they get garbage in it, no real hit, no real nothing, nothing of value? All right, you know what? I pay twenty bucks for it. It's fine. I'll, I'll I'll do better on the next one. You start seventy five dollars for these things. It almost becomes impossible to get value back, and it really does become gambling. It just becomes like anything else. It's like buying a scratch off lotto ticket. Take a lot of the fun out of it. it Take a lot of the you know the oh wow at least I got this guy. At least I got that guy. You know, it's no longer collecting, and I fear that you're gonna lose people who otherwise would have stayed in the hobby. Um, you gotta give. Because- yeah, you got to give them something, right? You got to give, you got to give guys some kind of value in it. And that, that stretches all the way up to the thousand dollar prism boxes. You know what I mean? Well, who's, who's doing that? You know what I mean? Who's buying thousand dollar prism boxes? I mean, look, there's obviously a market for it. Otherwise they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't be selling for those prices, but that does confound me. Um, I guess there was a price point for everyone. Just like there's a PSA grade for everyone. You know, the, you know, somebody would tell me stick to revolution, Matt, um, you know, stick to stick to um, you know, stick to where we are. Um, but hey, look, it is what it is. Um, price card. I'm gonna tell you, yeah, I'm, I'll go with I'll go with uh, um, Pokemon for you because I know you're a Pokemon guy. Um, I I'm shocked at the PSA 10 Charizard price. I am shocked that it is as high as it is. Um, I guess I can understand it because. You know, the last couple that have been purchased have been bought by, you know, YouTube celebrities, musicians, rappers, you know, famous people who $200,000, $250,000 is not the same to them as it is to you or I who would be collecting. Um, or it's not, you know, the same to the vast majority of people. But that card was readily available last year. It's run in the same kind of circle price-wise as your comparison for it, the Michael Jordan 86 clear card. And I know there's more Jordans out there. I think we we just got the 317th graded uh, recently. Um, So Mr. Mint on both Instagram and Twitter. Hi, Mr. Mint. Um, Post one with a five million PSA slab on it. I'm pretty sure that was the number 317. He might have the most recent one graded. Um, And there's only 120 or so of the Charizards. So. That I guess sort of explains it, but there's probably way more demand for Jordan than there is out there for Charizard. Um, that surprises me because it is a huge, huge, huge jump from you know what was last year a forty or forty-five thousand dollar card on eBay. There was an ugly one with a chip on the back, for thirty-six thousand that nobody wanted to touch for a while. Um, but that card was an eighth of what it is now, and we've seen other cards go up that much, but not cards that. Expensive, not cards that iconic and not cards that had, you know, a hundred and something of out there. Um, that surprises me. I'm not saying it's not worth that money. Uh, I think maybe maybe the flip side to this is maybe the Jordan 86 clear is underpriced at a hundred and change, um, you know, and hasn't gone up the way that uh, that the Charizard has. But um, I've done this because I thought to myself, oh, am I going to ever buy that Charizard card? Am I ever going to get that in my collection for my set? And I say to myself, I can go out there and buy, a Michael Jordan PSA 10 rookie card, and a Mickey Mantle 52 tops in, what, seven? You know, PSA seven? Or I could buy one Charizard. And to me, that, that's the definition
1: of confounding, my friend. Yeah. I'm going to one-up you. Go ahead. Bowl Bowl Silver just sold $360. He does not play. <laughs> Devontae Graham is the leading point guard and the best player on the Charlotte Hornets. And his Prism Silver, which is inevitably a lower pop as well, is less than Bulbul. And, guys, when you
0: look at Devontae Graham's Silver Pop, take 53 right off the top. Because that's 53 that is not an available pop. That's 53 that stays in the basement and is never sold. getting sold. One of <laughs> my Kareemans. <laughs> Listen, when you're going to go out there and compare, nobody's really measuring their stack of Devontae Grahams. You know, know, most
1: people make fun of me for buying into
0: Devontae Graham. But that's an
1: example, but that's across the board. That's across the board. A guy with a track record of success versus a guy that's – Listen, prospecting is a real thing. I mean, and and you
0: have to say that prospecting. It is. People think – That's bad I've actually researched Bull, Bull. I watched a video of him recently doing a training with his team where they put the one, two, three, and the four, five, six on the and it looks like he has a hard time jumping. But by the same token, him having a hard time jumping is almost touching the top of the backboard. <laughs> you know, because he's huge. And the comments on there is just wait for this guy to put on some muscle. Just wait to see how athletic and how great he is when he puts on some muscle. How long do you want me to wait? But, and that's the flip side, right? What if
1: it what if he doesn't? I'll come, back, I'll come back to that Twitter <laughs> post because <before> I- <laughs> I have to just wait. uh, who do <laughs> Jay, Jay Cardboard Dreams? Um, uh, there's a really good tip if you list are listening, go back and re listen to that little segment and apply that across the board. You could find that opportunity on a variety of players. People are just speculating. J Cor- Cardboard Dreams, who doesn't receive the love they deserve in vintage basketball? Why? I personally feel like I don't see as much love for Knicks legends like Clyde, Earl the Pearl, Willis Reed. It's an amazing nickname back in the day. Clyde the Glide Earl. Clyde the Glide, Earl the Pearl. Iceman George
0: Gervin. It's funny, I might actually have gone with Iceman George Gervin. Um, who does it from, from a um, from a vintage perspective? And this is I'm gonna show you my my age on this and um, you know, whether or not you consider it vintage. Um, I don't think Dominique Wilkins, eighty six Fleer, gets the love that it deserves. Um Dominique would have been talked about as one of the greatest players in basketball if he didn't happen to play at the same time as Michael Jordan. You know, he's one of those guys. You know, he's you know all the love Kevin Durant gets right now. You know, different type of player obviously, but but that's like the Durant to the LeBron. You know what I mean? Like top player of all time, you name it. At, at that time, he was he was going to throw down a dunk on you and put you on a poster. He would be he would play a lot better now. By the way, because I mean, he never really learned a dunk, sh- uh, a jump shot. Really, he was just all human highlight reel, right? I mean, that was his that was his actual nickname. And if you have not, um, take a look at some video footage of the dunk competitions from eighty five to ninety, where Jordan and Dominique go head to head, just dunk after dunk after dunk. Um, and it's just impressive what he was able to do. And he was top guy in the league. I mean, crazy stuff. But here's the thing, and I don't have it right in front of me, but for whatever reason, his 86 Fleer is a difficult card to grade. I don't think there are 100 of them in PSA 10 when you compare it to 317 of the Michael Jordan. Um, there's more Hakims. There's more Barclays. There's more Ewings, and those guys are all great. I think Neek was better, um, and he was basically like the two to Jordan. I mean, scoring-wise, he averaged close to Jordan every year. I mean, I remember pulling, you know, scoring leader cards. And the scoring leader cards were always Jordan, um, Dominique Wilkins, and then eventually Karl Malone. You know, I mean, those were those were the guys, which, I mean, th- talk about a name there. Um, and also, just if you guys um, – if you guys haven't haven't heard it, I know I don't even know if it's public out there. Gary V did a Zoom about the hobby maybe two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago. I forget when it was, and he was talking about Dominique Wilkins and doing like an audio podcast, like a five episode thing about Dominique Wilkins, sort of last dancey, right? I don't know if it's still gonna happen. I don't know if it's gonna be you know produced. I don't know what the story is, but something like that. Um, you know, will add to the love a player like Dominique gets. Um, He would be, he would be one of the guys that I would invest in. And you don't have to buy his PSA 10 because it's expensive, but a PSA nine or PSA eight is attainable um, in that 86 clear set. It's an iconic card in an iconic set. Um, Other guys, if you want me to go back further, I know he gets a lot of love. Dr. J's 1972 rookie card does not get the love that it should um, I'm not telling you to go out there and buy a PSA nine, but PSA sevens and eights are attainable and that's a great card. I mean, that guy was Jordan before Jordan. Um, if you're looking for, um, oh, let's see who else, who else doesn't get the love in vintage. I would not go out and buy these guys because, um, you know, besides Dr. J, I, I would not go out and buy guys like, like Moses Malone, who doesn't get the love he deserves or, uh, George Gervin, who you mentioned, who doesn't get the love he deserves. And here's why, guys. All right. Andrew just answered this question without even reading the question. He answered the question and answering it the question before. People will buy Bull Bull before they buy Moses Malone. Because other than my son, so, so watch this. George Gervin, I said, What's George Gervin's nickname? I heard. Did you hear him? You hear what he said? What's George? Yeah. What's George Gervin's nickname? Iceman. And what what did he do? What kind of shot? What was he known for? Finger roll. Finger roll. Okay, so he's nuts, right? So so I I'm old, and I want to make sure that there are children out there who actually know this stuff, right? Um. Oh, so so who yes. else did a finger? Who else did a finger roll in the '90s? And he's a very un, unappreciated player on the Eddie Jones. Eddie Jones. Okay, there you go. Go check some Eddie Jones footage. <laughs> yeah. There so anyway. Wait, Three point line. that's right he did he did one it, you know, and that's a cool three youtube people. video finger roll anymore finger roll from the three-point line no one even does it but here's the point that i'm, I'm trying to make right people would rather put their money in bobo Bo because bobo Bo somebody you could watch now somebody you could bet on hey, and go back bobo. to the Lefko episode right and there is it, we we have a video clip on our site of of, of adam Lefko with us and it was it's an important moment the end of it right where he goes and he he, he does that Lefko kind of smile into the camera and says that's my guy right hobby fantasy betting it all kind of dovetails it all goes together right and you can't draft Moses Malone on your fantasy team this year right and you can't turn on a live game and see that Moses Malone's gonna drop 50 he already did it and he was one of the greatest players to ever play the game when he played but you lose something that this was the problem with vintage vintage is great and I have more vintage that I know what to do with and and you know some of those guys do deserve more love and and you know You've seen this year, 2020, has been an incredible year in the hobby because you've seen attention swing from modern to vintage to art to Pokemon to you know, basketball to football. I mean, you name it. It's just, you know, it's, it's been a lot of momentum shifts and swings. But I think what will carry the hobby going forward and where you'll see a lot of the money being put is modern, right? And it is, I'm able to turn the television on. And, and this year, I'm going to watch my investment in Trey when he takes the next step and maybe brings his team to the playoffs this year. That's what people want to watch more. So, Jay, I hope I answered your, your question. Um, it's difficult. Oh, Ian thinks Trey's going to suck. Um, so, I,
1: it's, it's difficult I to I tell know. you. But I do think the, the gap between Trey and Luca will, will take a little bit of a will, will widen this year. Can I think, Can I, widen. I think yeah. while you're talking, uh, I did a really fun little exercise. Because the person that I think is severely underrated, he might not be vintage, is Alan Iverson. Uh, I think he's the most underrated player of all time. What what I did was I searched his stats by 100 possessions, okay? Because mm-hmm. you, you know, like, games, there's less possessions back then. People don't remember. So let me tell you, Durant, Kevin Durant, per 100 possessions, let me read you his stats. He averages, let me see, per 100 possessions, 34 points a game on average, Okay. Let me see, let me see, let me see. 29, 33, he had 39, 36, 37, 37, 41, 37, 39, 36. Iverson, Mm -hmm. every single year was above 35 points. Mm -hmm. As high as 39.7 points a game per 100 possessions. The guy was year after year after year after year. Wow. Yeah, insanity. Yeah one of the the best one of the best scorers of all time. I liked Iverson but you know what the, you know Iverson is a
0: cautionary tale for people who are in the hobby now and I'm glad you brought him up and I'll throw another name out there who's who sort of like Iverson um, Vince Carter people love Vince Carter and Vince Carter was athletic and he had great numbers and he has those highlight real dunks and he was one of the greatest one of the greatest players to play during the time that he was playing but can do this in a regular game what? Uh, I'm sure trying to see the dunks. Yeah, it was a great dunk. But here's the deal: neither of them won the big one, and that does matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and as good as they were, you know they um, people are people are are they don't have the attention, like you said, of the hobby. And maybe that'll change. But the cautionary tale that's there for folks is: you're spending all your money right now. I'm not even going to say bowl bowl. I'm going to say people are spending all their money on, let's see, um, how about who's somebody who's really, really good? Tyler who's he- somebody right now who's really, really, not Tyler Hero, he's still young, but somebody who's really, I mean, Tyler Hero is one, but but people are spending their money right now on, I don't know, let's call it oh, yeah. Bradley Veal, right? He's good. Tyler Hero, these guys, they're good. They score a lot of points, right? They got Jimmy Butler right? you have putting your money in Jimmy Butler, right? Those guys may end up being significantly less players than Allen Iverson or Vince Carter or Ray Allen or Gary Payton or Carmelo. Malone. Or any,
1: any and of these guys a, that just think a successful career. That's a really and, good measure,
0: I And still be great players, right? They and, and and nothing wrong with the careers of any of those guys. Carl I mean, Malone's a top scorer, you know, you know, of all time, right? You know, I mean, he's, he's points galore, right? Um, but, but nobody wants their cards. I don't want say nobody wants their cards. But you're not, if you don't walk into a card show right now in Dallas this weekend, and hopefully you guys will listen to this, all the massive amount of folks who are in Dallas, um, you're know, not going to show it, and People are going to run in there and say, oh, where's all your Call Malone cards? Where's all your Ray Allen cards? Where's all your, uh, you know, so just be careful with what you're doing with your card money now. You know, people are, are people forget. The, the people who were the top five or ten players in the NBA 10 or 15 years ago are the people who are forgotten now people from a hobby perspective that people don't really buy so i don't know Uh, we can talk about vintage we can do a whole episode on vintage stuff Um.
1: Uh, i'll say you know a lot of good quotes in life they they have some scientific backing so out of sight out of mind Mm -hmm. it's a common quote but it actually has scientific backing so like in your brain you have this thing it's called your ras your articulator activating system it's that thing you know when you buy a new car you start seeing that car everywhere yes Uh, but it filters out what you don't want what what you're not thinking about what you're not focused on well right now everyone's focused on prism modern and and why you're out of sight out of mind carl malone doesn't even get into the brain to go onto ebay and possibly search he's not in it um now i think that's a really important lesson there oliver asks how do you keep track of your cards any tools out there you'd like
0: huh well, I mean, we had uh, Chris Hodge on with Card Ladder, and you know, we we have that, and um, you know, Luca Nation. I will still bother Chris Hodge if you're listening to this to try to get you guys a uh, a Luca Nation, uh, you know, discount on that or or some way to do it. I'll I'll message him again after this. I think he's got a great tool. But how do I keep track of my cards, right? So so. There's no right or wrong way. It depends on how disciplined you want to be with it. It depends how big your collection is. But mine is a good old-fashioned Excel spreadsheet. I got everything in there. I got an Excel spreadsheet you by year. Your, you remember, your, Like your columns
1: and rows? Like they give Yeah. A little-
0: so the first one is what the card is, year of the card, blah, blah, blah. The second column on it is the price that I paid for it. And I put a little comment in there if there's additional stuff on there. Like if I'm sending you the PWC vault. I'm putting on plus 1.55, 1.5% 1. for the volt charges. Um, you name it. It's, it's all in there. And then I put in the date that I that I purchased it, the day that I bought it. And the next column is where I bought it. If it's eBay, put the eBay seller on it. If it's off eBay, I put it in Instagram, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah how much I paid for it, the whole deal. And then the, there's a column on it for sale. So if I end up selling the card, I know how much I sold it for. It makes taxes easy. It makes you know, everything easier. You go back and say, okay, this, this is my basis of the card. This is what I paid for. It. This is what I get. This is how much I sell it for. And that's important also to keep track of because you're eventually going to try to sell the card or trade the card. And you want to know how much you have in it. You know? And it might not be for a year. It might not be for two years or three or four. I also, though, I keep separate spreadsheets for PSA submissions. If I'm going to go crazy on, um, on base cards... Like um, you know, I went nuts on 2012 Prism a year and a half ago, and I bought hundreds of 2012 Prism cards. I logged every one of them in, and then at the bottom I totaled it up how much I spent on it, and then I added in how much the PSA charges were, and I was into 2012 Prism. I have a one spreadsheet for 2012. I have a 2012 Prism spreadsheet, and I got. Oh, I was into all hockey, basketball, football, baseball, and you know I wound up spending like six thousand dollars on on. 2012 Prism, inclusive of all of the fees. And we're talking about hundreds of cards being graded. So that most of it was the fees, believe it or not. Because the cards themselves were like three bucks or less for every single card. But ultimately, I started selling those off. And on the right side of the spreadsheet, I would put the tally of how much I sold each one of the cards for. And eventually, it got to where I was over the 6,000. So I finally hit, I could see that the 2012 experiment, like I call a 2012 Prism experiment, was now profitable. And how much inventory I had left. And I still had 400 cards left in PSA, in various grades, so, and raw cards and whatnot. So I like doing that because it, it first of all, it grounds you. And second of all, it shows that the time you're putting in, you know, you're your grading, you're selling your eBay sales, um, you know, that you're actually able to make some money on it, right? You're able to quantify it. And like you said, that's a win. I will always talk about my 2012 prism as a win because I made, I made several hundred percent on those, <laughs> So, and it's great to track it. It's great to go back in there and say this is the story, and vice versa. Be honest with yourself because you're gonna track some things that you're gonna lose on. Not everything's gonna be a winner. You're gonna buy a lot of twenty. You're gonna grade them, and you get back a bunch of nines. You get back some eights. Hell, you get back a five. Andrew and I both got them recently. Must have been one angry it grader. Doesn't
1: bother me because I track it, and I know net net it plays out. Net Luke, net Nate, it plays out. Yep. You've been you've been super helpful. You've helped you help us track daily plays. You help us do a lot of things. If there's someone out there listening to this and wants to work on a project with me, I think it'll take five six hours. Let's work and create a template for tracking, and then we'll open it up for the rest of the community. Only thing. Idea. A little- the Lucanation uh we'll- Luca uh, tracking device. We love it. It's a great we'll- idea. I'll build it. In- reach out to me. I'll build it in Excel. We'll-, we'll make it in template form, and then we'll open it up so others who need it could just access it and use it. And by the way, that's I'm going to piggyback on that with two things. Number one
0: reach out to Andrew or on our Luca tiger, any ideas you have an idea for an episode, an idea in the hobby, something that you do that makes stuff easy. We've gotten some great suggestions from Luca nation, from our listeners, from, from people who will interact with us. Um, Some of them we're going to implement. And also I do want to say we had, um, we had a, uh, a guest episode yesterday, Mr. Jimmy bro from Twitter, Jimmy guns. um, And I, I imagine we're going to have some people listening for the first time today because um, you know, we've had a lot of listens on that episode. And um, we've had um, a bunch of people who I'm sure are followers of Jimmy a part of his, um, you know, sports card network, who have started following us on Twitter. Uh, our Twitter account doubled from yesterday to today our amount of followers if you don't follow us there please we have not made a real effort to kind of grow our twitter following but go right ahead and follow us there we're going to do giveaways on twitter that we don't do on instagram we're going to do you know twitter only stuff i got a giveaway going now jimmy's actually going to give away uh not a Breu prison psa 10 rookie um in his next gun show um same thing youtube um, we've got a bunch of youtube followers from from most likely from jimmy's uh you know jimmy's connections. so thank you guys and, you know, a welcome to Luca Nation to all of you who this might be the first time you're listening because you just subscribed, you just followed, and you just joined us because, uh, you know, because you heard us talking to uh, to Jimmy Guns uh, yesterday, Mr. Jimmy bro. So I do have to take a moment, Dana, to, to welcome you new listeners and to thank everybody who shares us with a new listener, shares us with somebody who they think could use uh, a workout podcast or a commute podcast or, you know, thinks that you're getting some value out of this. So, You know, we appreciate each and every one of you. You got any other questions for me?
1: You want to touch on tops now, soccer cards, keep an eye out for rookies. Kof Star brought that up. I think that's a great point. Sure. I'm not a huge, um, I'm not a
0: huge uh, soccer guy, right? So I saw it coming up. I knew that it was, um, you know, it was going to be big. I knew people were, 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 were hanging their hat on it because it was going to be a, um, it was going to be a new thing, you know, it was going to be, it's the, the biggest growing sport. It's global. It's, you know, it's all that other fun stuff. Right. Um, but I know that recently tops now has started putting soccer cards out there for, for rookies that don't have cards. I think Caden Clark was the one that everybody was talking about. Um, so, so I guess the U S national team's got some players that are going to be pretty good. Um, you know, we talked about Reina, um, and I guess this Clark kid Clark is somebody who's who's out there. Um, I would say be a little careful with tops now. Um, one of the picks I gave in an episode was um, was um, <coughs> wow, sounds like the kids are fighting up there. Was uh, Mason Greenwood tops now rookie, and uh, let me go see if there's blood drawn in that one. Wow, I don't know. I put well, my money on my put my money on my daughter. But in heavy
1: any heavy event, she's <laughs> you know, all so She's just not athletic. Well, not I don't athletic.
0: know what it is. I don't know what the story is. But that, that's going to be there's going to be a brawl in my house in a second. But so here's the fun, right? So so um, the the I I worry about the tops now stuff. They're great to buy. They're great to flip because that's the person's rookie card. It's the first card with the RC Shield on. I think Mason Greenwood's going to be great. You know, he's had some hiccups this year. I think his kid Clark is going to be pretty good. Um, and right now, there are no other cards out of him. But in February and March of this coming year, there's going to be the next Bundesliga one, which some of these guys won't be in. But there's also going to be the next UEFA Tops Chrome release. And I, I worry that when... Uh, a prism release or a tops chrome release or you know a panini release when these releases come out of mainstream of these guys pack pulled rookie cards whether or not the tops now card kind of fades so i like it as a a cool play Um, i like it as a cool flip because this kid clark doesn't have any cards you buy it now and sell it for you know double what you're paying for it that's fine but i don't know about its long-term you know value
1: i think uh, I don't remember Nick, I think it was the Nick episode he had a really good line and and it made me understand soccer a lot a little better it's a It's way more similar to MLB than nBA and nFL There's way more prospecting in that game than it is buying the stars um we'll wrap up with this uh cage, you've been great today, man, and I know you got to go take care of that uh oil. no you know, they seem to bubble. be they, <laughs> they seem to be calming down, so I think we're all right <laughs> I'll ask you, what was your favorite ever boxing match? My favorite boxing match? You, you um, some of the great ones, Rumble in the Jungle, uh, Mike Tyson. No, mine's, my, mine's Tyson
0: Holmes, Larry Holmes, because it was basically like Tyson ending the career Larry. of one of the greats. Larry what? Holmes? Yeah, yeah, Holmes. What's up, Holmes? No, but that was like, really, that was like, Tyson, okay, this is, this is peak performance for a boxer, you know? Some people would say that Holmes... Was beaten before he even got into the ring. You know Tyson marching down, uh, you know to to the ring before the fight. You know psychologically would beat you because you knew you were gonna get you know you know your your ass kicked. And if you haven't watched that fight, you gotta watch that. But my favorite boxing match, you gotta go back to Hearns Hagler, first round. So if you have not watched this fight, go onto YouTube and pull up just the first round it's three minutes that will change your life and look you're looking at me like you're crazy but when we when we're finished with this I've episode about it before so I, know I want you-, you to I want you to watch this it is it is a crazy first it might be the the, the best first round that's ever been fought in in combat sports uh, Hearns hagler take a look at it it is a back and forth and what's amazing about it is that Both of the guys land amazing shots, but at the end of the round, you don't know who won. Normally when there's that much punishment being doled out in a boxing match, you're like, Okay, well, that was Hagler's round or that was Hearn's round. But no, it's just it's a back and forth battle for three minutes and you're like, wow, look at this. That was, you know, that was they weren't really boxing, they were just standing there and punching each other.
1: It's a schoolyard fight that you go back, and now it's English class at 1.30 p.m.
0: Yeah, so guys, if you want a little little treat, right, because I'm sure the vast majority of people listening to this have not uh, seen that, just put it to YouTube. Ernst Hagler, first round. Watch mm-hmm. the video.
1: Take a couple minutes. Two questions. I'm going to ask you my follow-up one because I think you're going to go long-winded on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear the office soundtrack. Yeah. So, guys, you need to understand... Without great people, nothing is possible. And this is a question from Jordan Farone. And before we get into it, Jordan has been amazing, man. It's been a blessing. And Cage, you could touch on this too, if you want. Uh, He's the man that's helping us clip uh, and release content that you guys really love, right? Because when I was making graphics, that's great. But Jordan is, is doing an amazing job. He's clipping a ton of content. And one of the questions was, right above it, when is Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze going to release a video component on YouTube? This isn't Jordan's question. It's actually right above Jordan's question. Hey, okay, do you want to touch on that? That's from Ryan Bitter. All right, Ryan.
0: Well, I mean, listen, we've talked about YouTube for quite some time. And, um, you know, I think we're going to – we have the right pieces in place for it. Um, Jordan recently joined us. And I'm sure you guys have seen an uptick in the quality of content that we've been putting out recently. Um, you know, great video clips, a lot better stories. Um, our stuff is on YouTube. We have tried to, um, you know, devote the majority of our time to putting out this podcast, giving you guys something to listen to as we're here every day. You have this content, you know, you know, you can count on us. We're here. Um, and we've done that now for next week will be four months. We'll do a nice little celebration Four months. Um, 130 episodes or so. Um, but um, we recently, you know, discussed putting out there YouTube, Twitter. Uh, Mr. Jimmy Guns, our friend, yesterday. You know, we we're going to expand on Twitter. Like he has a following on Twitter as well. And um, YouTube, it's there. You can find us on YouTube, Lucas Tigers and Bronze. But the stuff that's there is just I'd call it placeholder stuff right now. And Jordan has, uh, you know, been very, very helpful to us already. And I know we're going we're gonna to start to get the content out there. Our Gary video is up there. Um, you know, we'll start to get some more stuff out there. So we'll do it, Ryan. I promise. You'll we'll see it you soon. But, yeah, go ahead and subscribe, right? I mean, I think we're, we got, you know, almost 100 subscribers on there. Go ahead. What is the Jordan
1: asked, What And, guys, go follow Jordan. Jordan period F-E-R-R-O-N-E. What is the best decision you ever made in the hobby? What's the biggest L? you've ever taken oh wow um one. Video for this one. he's back uh, nah,
0: i had the, the 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 battery it was uh you know it's 20 your battery's low so it, it killed me there wow you know the, the the best decision and the worst decision in the hobby um oh, you, you want me to rock that? I'll,
1: I'll tell you i'll tell him about my biggest l in the hobby go ahead so i wanted to buy lebron tops chrome cord the one i'm auctioning And it's an expensive card. And I got impatient. I got naive and I got young. And I wanted to sell a card, a Michael Jordan PSA 8, to pay for that, right? I sold the card. I sold the card to a guy out of Australia. He asked me to ship it to an address that wasn't in Australia. I said, I'll do it if it gets vouchers. Again, desperation was at play because what I wanted to do was use the PayPal money to go and finalize the purchase of the LeBron Chrome that I set up. Here's where it got funky. He didn't have vouchers. He was a scammer. And his entire vision was to scam me and then claim that the item was never received. I caught that, but I received a lot of backlash and a lot of negative press. And what I learned from that, what I learned from that situation is be patient and don't be desperate. Don't rush into things. Don't rush into business deals. Uh, just because you're selling and there's money coming into your account, not all money's created equal. And it's really, really important to know who you're doing business with. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. So the best decision I ever made in the hobby. Um, was to not make it about myself and to make it about others. So,
0: yeah, that's, I mean, it's hundred percent right. And
1: I'll take it two ways.
0: So one this year, especially with the craziness of 2020, um, every Friday I open something with my son. All right, so so we're going to, when I finish this, I'm going to open up a Topps Chrome Blaster and some other stuff. Every Friday this year, we've opened something. Um, and that makes it something that I have with him. And it's, I'm passing on, you know, the, the hobby to the next generation of people who are going to collect, keep this thing going. But broader, um, it's the interaction with nation that's doing this. This is clearly the biggest W that I've had um, in, in, in my collecting decades. Um, because whether people want to admit this or not, the collecting a good chunk of it is that community some of it's showing off your cards some of it's looking at what other people are showing off some of it is you know collectively working towards an end you know i remember when i did ufc cards there was a, a set in 2011 called moment of truth and there was a ruby parallel the base set was 100 and something 200 cards maybe and there, the base parallel was out of eight ruby it was a red border And I decided that I had opened so much of the product that I was going to make the whole set out of eight. Right. And everyone who collected knew that I was doing this. So some people ripped me off (laughs) because they had a card that I knew, but I remember I needed Damasio page was the last card I needed. Right. Go look this guy up fighter UFC Damasio. If you happen to be listening, you were the last one that I needed. And, um, I remember I looked for months before finally somebody sent me a message and said, this guy's looking for you. He knows you need the card. He wants to give it to you for free. Right. So, so it's, it's a, it's a collective, right. It's a, it's a community, but we're, you know, if it's your first time listening to this, go ahead and send us a message, send us a message and say, today was the first time that I listened to your episode. And you said to send me a message. And guess what's going to happen. We're going to respond to you. Send it to the Lucas Tigers and bronze on Twitter. Send it, you know, send the DM, send it on, on Instagram, wherever it is that you want to do it. And, you know, tell us if there's anything, we can help you with in the hobby. Because that believe it or not, that's what this is all about. So my W is sharing with my son, share with you, Andrew, sharing with Luga nation. Everybody's asking these questions. That's the big W um, for card specifics. It was buying Pokemon cards all last year buying first edition Pokemon cards that have now gone crazy. Um, because the multiples on those from what I paid for them I and what they're selling for now is it's insanity. Um, the biggest L um, I have a lot of regrets and stuff that I sold too soon, you know, and, I, and Andrew hates that stuff. Right. But I mean, biggest L, I will make you guys laugh because when you hear this, you'll, 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 you'll realize I sold more than one. Let's call it multiple PSA 10 Luca Prism rookies, PSA 10, for $65 last summer, $65 each. The one that's selling now for what, 13, 14, $1,500, I sold them for $65 because at the time the raws were 12 bucks, 15 bucks raw. So I was like, all right, I graded this. I, you know, I sent them in, I got two tens, um, send them. I say I got four tens, I'll sell them. And I turned the money back into raw ones. Um, and probably sold them. Um, but yeah, I mean, thinking back, I mean, that's like a, <laughs> you know, when that car was at its peak at $2,000, it was at a 30X, <laughs> you know, year over year. So, you know, that's a that was a pretty big L. So it, it is what it is, but I can't look at it that way because I'm sure um, if I go back into the spreadsheets and I realize what I bought the same day that I sold those cards, that was, you know, something else. There was something else that I turned into some other more money. And while it might not have done 30X on it, I'm sure, you know, I did fine. So you know, be happy for your W's and have a short memory when it comes to your L's. <laughs> They're going to weigh you down, man. There's your philosophy, right? That's, that's a, that's an Andruism.
1: Today Fauci came out and said some nonsense about Americans need to follow the rules. What are you <laughs> happening with sports cards? This is so speculative. So it's okay.
0: So enough- I got to tell you, right. I got to tell you, I, I, I was shocked the first time around what happened with sports cards, how they how they blew up. I think it's gonna be I I think sports cards are almost COVID proof. And let me let me explain, right? If we get into a lockdown scenario, I think the same thing's gonna happen again. I think people at home and this community that's online with Instagram and Twitter and buying boxes and doing box breaks and being able to do it from your own home is is gonna is gonna thrive again. If it opens back up, so there's a show with Dallas this weekend that it's like an every every other month show. It's nothing major. It's not a national. It's not anything nuts. I mean, it's a, it's a good show. But I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who are going to it, right? Because it's open and because it's a show and yeah, everybody hates to wear a mask and the whole deal. But but when this lifts, when the fog of COVID lifts and people are able to actually interact again, I think it's going to explode even more. And people are going to be thrilled to go to shows. I think shows are going to be different. I think the national, when they finally have it again, it's going to be bigger than it ever was because there are more players they are more side businesses from group submissions to podcasts to who who know? I mean, I think the hobby is it's still in its early phase. And I, I don't think that this disease, whatever you may think about it, is going to hold this hobby down.
1: Let's think about it this way. Breaking is sort of the beginning, the <laughs> first base of the hobby. Breaking goes up. People want to break and gamble more when they're stuck at home all day. Uh-huh. Don't find the money where to gamble. I promise you.
0: Well, they'll, they'll find it on what they were spending on commuting to work or what they were spending on other things that they can't do, you know, movies and, and, and going out to eat and all that other stuff. So,
1: you know. But I, but I will say, this is how I see it. There will be really good deals if you have the cash to come. There will be more variants. That's fair. There more sales that like, fuck, I have no money and I need to sell my $1,000 collection for 700 or 600 bucks because I need to make bills tomorrow. That's the sad reality of life. And if you could be ready for those, there's gonna be some good deals. Speaking of deals, give Steve Harmon a follow, man. This guy throws out delicious deals day after day after day. <laughs> the other day he had a Luca Hoops and a uh, Shy Gilvius Alexander Hoops card, PSA 10, both for 300. Today he has four Devante Grams for 25 bucks, the prism shipped for 25 bucks. Sportrepreneur. love the, the yeah, handle spell
0: it out spell it out so it's like it's like it's a combination of sports and entrepreneur right so it's entrepreneur, like s-p-o-r-t-r-e-p-r-e-n-e-u-r 24 steve Harmon, and if if that spelling didn't help you guys he's got a picture of dirk nowitzki saluting with a blue dallas jersey on we love
1: steve Great guy, great freaking. Have we?
0: Is this too long? I don't want to be, you know, I don't be too long for people here. You know, are we? Uh, are we at the end of our questions? We're cutting it now. We're done. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze. Oh my podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Hey, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.